Hi, Jess. Hey, Chris. Welcome back. I'm so happy to be back around the microphone again. We've got some more snacks and a topic to discuss. I'm really excited about those two things. Yes, yep. it is officially fall in Canada. Yes. And so we're feeling the fall vibes today. I know. I don't know how countries that don't have fall, like, what do you have as snacks that's like different from the rest of the year, you know? We're privileged. <laughs> we are. We are. And because we're having fall snacks, um, the snack that I brought today is a pumpkin spice latte. Oh. Um, it's not homemade, but um, I got it at a local coffee shop like five minutes away from where I live. It's showing off now, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I come on, buddy. Um, basically, in the latte, there's espresso. And espresso, fun fact, is my favorite way to have coffee. Oh. Um, and there's obviously some hot milk, uh, homemade pumpkin spice syrup. You're so. literally reading an ingredient list. Yeah, right because now. there's like a lot that went into there and then oh some whipped cream that melted by the time I got here. <laughs> there's like a lot of ingredients, okay? They made this with love. I've had this before, but I haven't had my cup yet because I want to see your reaction. I want us okay. to have this together. Well, I bought Krispy Kreme donuts mm-hmm. made in a factory <laughs> by a machine, but it will be an incredible donut because Krispy Kreme is the best. And yes, yeah. like, man, dipping a donut into coffee is just it's the best it's awesome yeah I find like uh, I just want to put this out there too like not all Krispy Kreme donuts are the same but you've got the original ones right oh yeah this is like the original I don't even know why they bother with the rest (laughs) (laughs) seriously the original are fine (laughs) yeah yeah okay are we ready for this yes dipping the donut in the pumpkin coffee here we go here we go Very, very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to try the coffee all by itself. Okay. Mmm. Oh, that's very good. You know what I like is that you still taste the coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important. I was going to say, a lot of the times, like, I haven't had a lot of pumpkin spice lattes. The reason being is that I find that, like, it's very, very flavored. It's really a strong yeah, flavor yeah. that I'm not entirely into it. Okay. It's fine, but I, I, I just don't really like it. But this like is, pumpkin? like, subtle. That's like... I like pumpkin pie. Yeah. I like pumpkin, yeah. Okay. I doubt there's any actual pumpkin in pumpkin pie. <laughs> I think it's the, Zero the spices that go into a pumpkin pie, <laughs> but in a coffee instead. Exactly, yeah. Okay. But you like this one, you're saying? It is good. Very mm-hmm. good. Tell your bougie coffee shop they did a good job. I will. I will. This is very good. (laughs) (laughs) Jess and I were showing an incredible amount of self-restraint because we were chatting a lot before the podcast and this coffee and donuts were just sitting on the table, just (laughs) smelling so good. (laughs) And we were like, no, we got to wait till the podcast starts. Yeah. Yeah. Now we can enjoy them. So yeah. um, The lesson. Even though we were free, (laughs) we were freed by grace to drink these beforehand. I know, but we thought we'd enjoy them better if we like applied some self-control. Um, yeah. But hey, this freedom you're talking about, it's a good segue into our topic. <laughs> you know where I was going. <laughs> I do. Um, we're talking about, so the title for today's talk is, Why Grace Means That You Are Free to Sin. <laughs> Which, I just want to say, Chris came up with the idea. Chris, who is a pastor, told me, a poor person in his congregation, that grace means that you are free to sin. So I didn't... <laughs> he didn't say it exactly... <laughs> I, sometimes I like to be provocative sure. for the sake of making a larger point. Yes. And that was definitely the case at this time. I'm sh- yeah. There's actually a lot more to say, which undermines, like, <laughs> undermines that original statement. But I think 
to get to that point is an appropriate step along the way of understanding the whole gospel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. But there's a lot more to understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot we have to unpack today. Yeah. Um, basically, when I say that grace gives you the freedom to sin, I think, um, yeah, it's important to unpack what we mm. mean because... You know, we can go the complete opposite way of the gospel. You know, we can... Definitely. Lawlessness. Yeah, exactly. Oh, trust me. (laughs) We can definitely do that. But I think um, to define what we're talking about, I just want to say that instead of saying, oh, grace is a freedom to sin and do whatever you want. It's like your sin does not change the fact that God wants to have a deep and personal relationship with you. You are going to sin for the rest of your life, but that doesn't change the fact that God still invites you to accept the gospel, accept what Christ did on the cross and through the resurrection, to accept that and live in his presence every day. That's what I mean. (laughs) How does that sound so far? It sounds good. And I think that what's interesting about the way the New Testament, the New Testament, especially the letters in the New Testament, are always written as a reaction to something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what seems to be common, and you can see it in, you know, 1 Corinthians in particular, what seems to be a common reaction to the gospels like being pronounced to a group of people is a misunderstanding would be wait does that mean i can just do whatever i want (laughs) like if i'm free from the law because i'm no longer judged according to the law i'm judged according to christ you know i have faith in christ therefore the law doesn't have the power to judge me anymore doesn't that mean i can just do whatever i want Mm -hmm. And what I find fascinating about that is when you look at, certainly just stereotypically, but the stereotypical way of people understanding what Christianity is all about today, they would say, no, it's all about laws. And that's, oh, I see what you mean. I would say that's a misunderstanding of Christianity, but it's a common misunderstanding today of Christianity. Mm -hmm. But a, a very common misunderstanding of Christianity in the first century, just after Jesus Christ you know, just after the, the church began, was Christianity is all about freedom. Yeah, Christianity is all about freedom, which is true. But to take that a step further to say Christianity is about no longer like listening to restraint, no longer being restrained in any way. Mm-hmm. And so I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a very interesting to think their preaching led to that kind of a misunderstanding when our preaching often leads to a different kind of misunderstanding (laughs) and what does that say about the differences between our preaching and their preaching yeah that is interesting to think about i guess it just shows that like across two thousand years of history we humans have a tendency to get things wrong like whether we go to one extreme or another and so we need to sit down for much longer than we're going to sit down today and like understand, okay, what does grace mean? What does uh, sin mean? What is freedom? What is freedom like that they were talking about like back yeah. then? And how does it like, um, what is it that, what is it that God offers? You know, the mm. freedom that he's offering, what does that look like? What does that say about God? So like, it takes a lot of unpacking. Um, we're going to try to keep it brief, but we're going to try to um, stick to, yeah, what the gospel is actually all about. Um, so I think one way we could um, do that is by start by saying, okay, what is sin, first of all? Like, let's start with the problem. Let's start with the bad news. And so you're a pastor, so you know the answer to this. But, oh, actually a fun question. Like, growing up when you weren't a Christian, like, did you hear the word sin or is it? I probably did, yeah. yeah? I mean, Zimbabwe is a fairly Christianized country, okay. especially in the, like, the cities. Okay. So, so I, mean, I knew, basic, I kind of basically knew the layout of the Bible. I knew yeah, biblical terms, but yeah. way before I was a Christian, yeah. 
Okay, so if we go back then to like way before you were a Christian, you grew up in like this Christianized culture, which a lot of people still are today. Sure. How would you define sin back then? Sure. And like now, how would you define sin? I would basically say if you break the rules, it's a sin, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Bible has rules. If you break the rule, you're, that's a sin. Mm-hmm. That's probably, that would have been the limit of my understanding of sin okay. prior to being a Christian. Okay. And like now, how would you, now that you are a Christian, how would you define sin? I think sin is a symptom of brokenness mm-hmm. now. So it's not as if it sort of comes out of nowhere. I think it comes out of the brokenness that we carry. And I think it's a more richer understanding is that sin is some, is anything that's opposed to God's will. Okay. Uh, so it goes far deeper than law. Mm-hmm. I think it goes to desire, God's desire. Mm-hmm. You know, am I going to choose my desires or am I going to choose God's desires? Yeah. And, yeah. and then there's also an emotional side of that as well to say, um, I forget who said it originally, but someone <clears throat> coined the phrase this way, uh, sin isn't just breaking a law, sin is breaking God's heart. Oh, I've heard that, yeah. And God yeah. cares. Okay. And when we break the law, God cares, and, and it's something, you know, it, it's something of, offensive, uh, yeah, to him. Okay, okay. I really like that you said it's a symptom of something bigger, and it sounds like that something bigger is like this constant tension we feel between like yes. our desires and God's desires, and like when we choose our own path, um, which is another thing that's really celebrated in our culture, right? Like, do your own thing. Break the rules if you want to. If that, if breaking the rules makes you happy, then do it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like our culture is saying that because of a brokenness that we all have. So, yeah. 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 And I think it's also like it's a symptom of, a, of misunderstandings or just uh, ignorance, stuff mm-hmm. like that as well. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. I think when I was a kid, like... Uh, like, if I think now for a second, I think a sin was, like, something my parents didn't want me to do. <laughs> so it's funny how I feared my parents more than I feared God. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, but I think now my understanding of sin, I think, yeah, I would define sin as, like, okay, so you were saying sin is like a symptom of the brokenness Mm -hmm. but i'm like okay which came first the chicken or the egg i think that a lot of the problems we have are because of sin like the brokenness we have is because of sin so we like you and me are kind of saying different things but i'm thinking of like a circle in my head like this revolving like you know like it's a circle and on the one part of it there's brokenness on the other part there's sin but it's just like revolves and revolves and revolves Um, sure but it's like when you're born you don't uh, it's not like you're perfect when you're born mm-hmm. and then you mess it up along the way. Mm-hmm. You're born broken. True. We're all born broken. Yeah, right? okay, you're right. You're right. And then we express that brokenness in the way yeah. that we sin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, yeah, when I think of sin, there's there's something in my heart that's like disheartened or saddened when I think about that. Like sin just seems like this thing that, like I think about um what we were saying before, like choosing our own desires opposed to God's desires, I feel like that's something like I just can't get over and how that discouraging that can be. Like I yeah. think, yes, yeah, and it's something that's disheartening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think when we talk about sin, we're talking not just about breaking the rules or not doing what our parents want us to do, but we're talking about the fact that God is a loving parent and he has very good things that he wants for us. He has like these, these wonderful things he has for us. Um, his desire is to see his children flourish, but we choose different things. And when we choose that, you know, 
that leads to sin. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it's it's also uh, the sins are by nature damaging. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't leave us the same as before we were. I True. think when you choose to sin, you have invited a destructive presence into your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to coin another phrase, uh, when you are done with sin, it is not done with you. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. There's always like a, a blowback effect, a, a sort of a, a, a maybe a small, maybe a large, but a, an unraveling of self that happens just a little bit mm-hmm. uh, where you become, I think it, it'd be safe to say you become a little less human. Uh, the more and more you sin, mm-hmm. uh, you 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 are taking you're slowly chipping away at your own dignity and your own freedom as yeah, a result. Yeah, and it's funny we think that we are having freedom when we sin, but actually yeah. it seems like quite the opposite. Because what better freedom is there than to be the human you were created to be? Exactly. But then if you you do things that stop you from achieving that end, then yeah, it really it does become something that's sad and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you don't. You're only really free when you are being who you were made to be. Right. And I think if you if you see freedom as like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Not only is that not real freedom, but it's also I think it's a form of slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I? Um, I'm just thinking of this example. Of, a good example of like uh, slavery or like not being free. I'm thinking of like debt. Um, okay. I think. Okay, so let's say I have. Not even a credit card, but like I actually have a ton of money <laughs> in a okay. hypothetical, a very hypothetical <laughs> world. I have a bunch of money. I can't imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine it either at this point. Um, I'm free to spend, especially like me compared to you, because I don't have no kids. I don't have any partner that I need to support. So I'm really free to do whatever I want with my money. Yeah. But if I use my money to the point that like, oh, now I am in debt and I'm buying a bunch of ridiculous things. And am I actually free? Because it seems like I just bought a bunch of things that aren't going to make really make me happy and now I'm a slave to those things or mm-hmm. now I'm in debt and I thought I was free to spend my money however I wanted but actually I'm in the situation where my desires led to me um, being enslaved to something that yeah. I shouldn't be enslaved to so I think that's exactly right I think that we sin is sneaky as well yeah it, it can come it can it can present itself as the solution to our problem Mm-hmm. And, but it itself is actually ma- bringing more of a problem into our mm-hmm. life as well. I'm reading um, last little bit on sin, but I'm really I'm reading Proverbs right now, and it's kind of repetitive. I'm not like enjoying it per se, but um, there's I feel like Proverbs is a lot about choices. It's like there's the righteous and there's the unrighteous, yes. and there's this person and there's that, and or like the, wise the, fa- and the yeah, 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 the wise and the foolish, and the fact that it repeats and repeats you really get to this sense that like essentially sin like yes there's uh there's the fact that we're all broken and it's a symptom of that but it also comes down to choice i think like Mm -hmm. for for one reason or another i'm choosing the things that are enslaving me and i'm choosing to do things um that that are going to have really devastating consequences and you see that a lot in proverbs that like it sneaks up on you like there's this um the situation that seems really attractive but then like uh it's like there was this this very colorful way of saying it. it's like a lamb being brought to the slaughter and like you think you're i don't remember the specific verse but like okay. there's a lot of that in progress where like you think you're heading down a really fun path but essentially you're like an animal being brought to the slaughterhouse and like you don't even realize it it's really sneaky but it's going to lead to your downfall yeah. So, yeah i think that's right so 
Why, why is grace a license to do that? <laughs> um, when you put it that way. Yeah, so, you know, before when I was saying that, oh, sin is something that has me disheartened and sin is something that makes me really sad. Yeah. I think one thing that's cool about the gospel is that that sorrow about sin is not the end of the story. You know, true. if we look at what Christ did, Christ who never sinned and Christ who always did the Father's will and stuff. Um, Christ who was tempted to sin, but then chose mm-hmm. to, just chose differently, which is what we can't seem to be able to do. Well, that means that now when I put my faith in, well, put my faith, let me say it like clearly. When I look at that and I'm compelled by that and I want my life to reflect that, then yeah, the sorrow and the brokenness I have is not the end of my story. That's yeah. what grace is. It's the fact that, I know I'm going to be stuck with this problem um, for the rest of my life, but I know that I Christ still made a way for me to connect with God and to have a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. So, that but that's based upon His work, not our own, right? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. yeah, I'm not the one who resisted sin, not at all. It's like it's like Jesus is the one who has like all the money, and He never made a stupid financial decision in His life, and He's like, you know what, Jess, I love you so much, I'm giving you all the money. Like, it doesn't, it's not really like that, but it's like the, uh, what I'm trying to say is that he's the one who never broke the law, who never broke the rules. Mm. And instead of, like, keeping that for himself, he, it's like if I had a debt to pay um, because I made all these stupid financial mistakes, and he decided to pay that. Even if they were my mistakes, I bought the fancy car and the weird Mm. house and all of that. It's my debt to pay. It's a really heavy debt. Like, I can't even sleep at night. I'm thinking about, oh, how am I going to pay this back? He was just like, you know what, just like, I'm going to pay this for you. And I could be like, yeah, but Jesus, like, this is my mistake. How come you're going to be paying the price for this? He's like, no, no, like, I got this and everything. So, yeah. 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 yeah so it's talked about, like, the, impute, the imputation mm-hmm. that happens with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So there's sort of a double, a double imputation. And imputation is a, is a sort of a legal word that talks about somebody else, somebody's record being transferred to another person. Yeah. And so we, uh, the, the sin that we carry is imputed to Christ. So mm-hmm. he takes upon our sin. Yeah. Uh, and the debt that we owe to God as a result of our sin. Mm-hmm. He takes that upon himself and he says, I will bear the, the burden of this. But there's a double imputation where then we in return receive his righteous, perfect record. Mm-hmm. So we're not left sort of just without sin. We are left with perfect righteousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's purely based upon what Christ did on our behalf. Yeah. yeah. And so there is a sort of spiritual transaction that takes place uh, when we... When we agree with God about who Christ is, what He's done on our behalf, and we 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 own it, we mm-hmm. own that for ourselves mm-hmm. and say, "Yes, I believe this, uh, and I want what Christ is offering me." When we when we get to that place of life, which is, I think, it's a fa- it's faith. What I'm right. talking about, it's right. confessing yeah. Christ, it's believing in Christ. Uh, then there's this double imputation that happens, which is purely not at all based on our record. It's mm-hmm. based on what Christ has done on our behalf. Mm-hmm. But you can see how, therefore, it's easy to say, okay, well, then doesn't that mean that if all of my sin is paid for in Christ, past, present, and future, then any future sin I commit is paid for, for by Christ? Yes. And you say, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And it is true. Any, mm-hmm. any future sin is paid for by Christ. So if that's the case, I am free in that sense to sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I do that, 
if I choose to use my freedom to sin willingly, willfully, because I know it's forgiven. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a piece of the puzzle that I've missed there. Yeah. I get half of the equation, yeah. but there's the second half that I'm missing. Yeah. And that second half is often what Paul in particular is, is speaking against in the New Testament letters is, you're not wrong, but you're definitely missing. Your, your point of view is so narrow yeah. that you are, you're, you're, you're heading in totally the wrong direction as mm-hmm. a result. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have that correction because how do we just describe sin? It's this enslaving thing. It's yeah. this disheartening thing. Yeah. It's this thing that separates us from who we were meant to be. Right. So if you're still of a frame of mind where you're saying, no, I want that still. I want this brokenness. I want this thing that keeps me enslaved. Yeah. It's like, well, do you really understand what Christ did? Mm-hmm. Do you truly own what Christ did yet? Because if, if you're saying, I own and I, I, I hold on to and I rely upon what Christ did on my behalf, and I'm still going to willfully choose to do it, you know, presuming upon that forgiveness, it's like, you, you really don't get the effect that sin has had from you. You're still showing that you're a slave. You're exactly. You're not living out the, the freedom that's been given to you. Yeah. That's really sad. Um, it is. It's a, it's a really, like, it's sad. Like you say, it's a sad place to be. I feel like hmm, it's one thing to, to, for example, look at myself before I knew Christ um, and be like, oh, like I did all these sins and like that was terrible. But it's another thing to look at myself today and be mm. like, man, I'm still choosing this, even if I know that I can choose differently. I'm just I just love my sins so much um, mm. that I'm still choosing to do this. I, I feel like the second option is even more um, heartbreaking because it's like it's just like you're able to not have this debt. You're able to have this perfect record. And yet you're still going for that. Like what's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. 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 I think there's no there's no sadder creature in the world than a Christian who chooses to sin mm-hmm. sadder meaning like d- depressing mm-hmm. because you you know what sin is yeah. and so you can't even enjoy it fully <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like at least beforehand you were in ignorance where yeah. for the most part like you maybe didn't connect the dots or maybe you were somewhat aware but it wasn't a fully conscious awareness of like yeah my life's messed up and i probably shouldn't be doing these things but you don't really think that deeply about it but christianity I think often forces us to look at the consequences of our actions and say, no, that's wrong. And I know, I know what God says about this and I know that where this leads. So I can't like, I can't do it anymore in a way that like I could before mm-hmm. because I have this like this. Cause, Cause you know better. Yeah. I've got this tension <laughs> within myself of like, I know that this is wrong. I know that yeah. this is, this breaks God's heart. Mm-hmm. And so when you willfully choose to sin, you're you're not even enjoying the sin that you I used know. to do. And you're certainly not enjoying the freedom you had in Christ. Exactly. And you're not even enjoying the, the sin that much anymore yeah. because you, you, you're convicted by it. So you're kind of really stuck in the middle in this sad, depressing place of like, oh man, I, I'm not getting the benefit of either of these things. I'm exactly. not feeling the benefit of closeness with Christ. I'm not feeling the benefit of any kind of lustful, you know, fleeting passion that, that I was following before. I'm, I'm in a really bad place. Yeah, yeah. How do you, if I came to you and I was like, Chris, this is the place I'm at. Like, what would you, what would you say to me? Stop sinning, Jess. (laughs) Yeah, it's honestly, yeah. (laughs) But then I could be like, oh, well, you know, um, what if, yeah, I said like, oh, well, I love my sin too much or something. And like, 
I don't like someone's gonna listen to this and be like, yeah, but let's say my sin isn't like a, a um, an addiction or something. Mm. Let's say it's like a choice that um, that I'm making. Let's say it's like I don't know, like it's it's something that I enjoy. And I'm like, Chris, like I'm in the middle here, and like yeah. I really love this. Like, what would well, you? We can use say? like let's just say a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. There are certain relationships. Like let's say let's say there are people out there who are currently dating someone else mm-hmm. and sleeping together, mm-hmm. even though there is a, they're a Christian and they're like they know. Okay, the scripture says you should wait until you're married before you sleep together. But it's a it's you know it's it's a relationship that they feel very passionate mm-hmm. about each other and they enjoy each other's company and so the idea of restraining themselves or just sort of pulling back and, and not doing that is it seems hard and yeah. no but this is great and we like this yeah, and we're not exactly. we're not hurting each other blah 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 the the one I hear a lot is like yeah but we're gonna get married yeah, <laughs> it's like, we're, yeah. we're spiritually married already yeah. exactly yeah. yeah yeah I would say that in in those cases the the appeal that sin has in that moment uh, is, it can be very alluring and be very tempting. And I understand that. And I can, and I can definitely empathize uh, mm-hmm. with, that, with that attitude. I've, I've been in a very similar position. Um, what I would say is you don't know, the, number one, you don't know the future. Mm-hmm. Number two, you don't know the full gravity of what's going on, even in your own heart. I think when you're choosing self over God for any reason, there's, there's a bow back to that. Mm-hmm. That may not be immediately apparent, but it comes. And to choose to go God's way in the end is always going to be the more fulfilling, more deepening, True. more freeing thing to do for yourself. Yeah. I used to joke with my friend who was, he was not a Christian, and he would joke about the fact that I was a virgin, mm-hmm. right? Which I wasn't married at that point. Uh, and so I said to him one day, I said, you know why, you know why I do this? Because one day I'll have better sex than you'll ever have. And your friend was like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, he honestly like, was like, whatever, man. Yeah. But I was, he, he actually li- heard me out. He cool, says, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. I said, well, because of the way that I believe sex works, and you could, you could replace the word sex with just you know, the human heart or, mm-hmm. you know, relationships or, you know, success or whatever. Yeah, success also. If you do things God's way, because of the way it works, these things work, I think that what I will enjoy, though I'm delaying it now and I won't have perhaps as much, uh, I, you know, I'm going to sleep with one person, God willing, one person for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um that will cause a, a far richer, deeper, more gratifying uh, expression of that thing than if I had chosen to do it my way. Mm-hmm. And so sin has this limiting quality where we're selling ourselves short when we do it. And then even though what you're doing, you're saying, like, but I'm enjoying it, realize that what God is offering you is something it's a richer, fuller, freer life. Mm-hmm. He's not restraining you because he's mean or because he's capricious. He's, rest- he's saying, you need to wait, you need to do this the way I'm asking you to do it because at the end of the day, this is what's, this is what's far more beneficial to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't see that in the moment, then take it on faith. 
Mm-hmm. Take it by faith mm-hmm. to say, even if I don't see what you're talking about now, God, I'm going to believe you that this is the way it is and, and have faith that you will reveal yourself and reveal, yes, you were right in the long run. You'll vindicate yourself in the long run. Yeah. So that's what I would say to you. Yeah. I Quit sinning, like, Jess. <laughs> Stop it. That's the moral of today's podcast. Stop sinning, Jess. <laughs> yeah. um, I think a couple things on what you said, like... Um, I was chatting with someone, um, and she just uh, recently just about this really good uh, friendship with someone who's a Christian, but that's also in a situation where they're like, the, the choices they're making in this other romantic relationship, like it's not really working out. Like they're they're dating someone who's not a believer and all of that. And then my friend was like, Jess, can you pray for me that I can show this person that choosing God is better because it's one thing to say stop sinning stop sinning but it's another thing to be like hey man what if you believed that what God like that in the long run um, and what if you accepted by faith that what God wants to give you which is himself essentially is Mm. better than what what's enslaving you right now yeah so yeah 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 and I'm also reminded of when you did that topic uh, that podcast on like what does the word blessed mean yeah and we just talk about how like God really wants us to be happy because the Bible says bless this bless that like bless everything and every time it's saying that the word blessed uh, actually means happy yeah. Like we serve a happy God who wants his children to be happy. Yeah. And when we say no to sin, something could be like, yeah, well, it just feels like God is being really like mean or selfish or whatever. But it's like, no, in the long run, this will lead to joy. This will lead to happiness. This will lead to contentment and fulfillment yeah. and all of that. So, um, yeah, using our freedom in the right way. I, I feel like we need to have faith and we need to have the right view of who God is. And then we're going to be motivated to choose God, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's the next part of the equation that's missing, right? Is that, yes, grace means you your, your record isn't what is counted towards you anymore. Mm-hmm. So your record can be as dirty or clean as as it is probably dirty but you know. yeah <laughs> and so another way in, in a sense that frees you up mm. but it comes with this sort of this opportunity to enter fully into the life that god is calling you to mm-hmm. and you will stumble and trip along the way mm-hmm. but if we actually take seriously walking along that path what we get as a result is the fullness of the life that god god is calling us into mm-hmm. which is so much better than what he has saved us from yeah and when we continue to live according to the old self rather than the new self, we're going to continue, and we can have a sort of have a foot in each, in both worlds. Uh, we really put ourselves in a miserable position mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like that. Your my sister was a. Uh, was went to the dentist once and she hates needles which you know who doesn't hate needles but she really hates needles and she she had to get a cavity removed or something like that i forget but they had to drill her tooth to get it out and she said okay 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 but but please please don't don't give me a needle to like numb it like i hate needles i hate needles and the dentist was like sure like if you, do, if you don't want me to give you a needle, like that, that's your choice. I won't give you a needle. But just so you know, it'll feel like I'm slowly cutting off the end of your finger. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dentist, I hate that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Which is not the point of the story. And she's but... like, okay, give me the needle. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. sure, she has the freedom to not have the needle. Mm-hmm. But the freedom comes with the consequence. Mm-hmm. Like, you can choose that, but 
bear in mind what you're choosing now. Like the choice to do that comes with some real serious consequence. And so yeah, she got the needle. Okay. (laughs) That's the moral of this podcast. Get the needle. Get the needle, Jess. Stop sitting. We're pro vaccination. (laughs) Oh no, let's not go there, please. (laughs) But yeah. um, Oh, can I tell you a funny review I saw? Oh, go ahead. I was looking up. I was looking at like, at like a community services thing yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, just the location. So I, I put it into Google Maps, and it's sort of like this this place that does a bunch of different community service things. Cool. And the first review was, it was like five stars. Yeah. And then the first line was, I got stabbed here once. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I scrolled down because I couldn't see the whole review. I scrolled down, and then the next line was, oh, but it was the vaccination, so it was okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got the needle. Good for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and just to, um, okay, so now that we know that what we're offered in Christ is freedom, freedom to do whatever we want, but hopefully what we will want is more of God and more of Christ and more of his presence. I think um, um, an interesting question to ask now is, okay, well, what's next? Like, what if I shouldn't use my freedom to do bad things, like what should I use my freedom for? Mm. And like the, that's also a complex like thing to unpack. But I came across Galatians five thirteen, which is our verse for today, and it says it's Paul. You mentioned Paul today, and Paul is writing to his friend, and he says, "You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love." And I like that last bit is because um, we just spent a while talking about like, okay, don't use your freedom for something bad. But what you can do with this freedom is mm. serve one another, is to love one another, is to practice humility. Um, yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to go to the other extreme and be like, oh, like I'm going to keep this grace thing, this freedom thing for myself. It's like, no, you are free to love other people the way Christ loves them, mm. and to serve people. And yeah, yeah. That's exactly, exactly right. There's a, the, the shocking sort of counterintuitive uh message that comes up again and again in the gospel is really when to receive what our hearts truly deeply desire we often have to move in the opposite direction Mm -hmm. that that, then we feel called to Mm -hmm. to become fully free we have to come under the submission of something yeah to be fully to be fully gratified we have to be generous and give things away Mm -hmm. you know to to really figure out who we are we have to listen a lot mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than speak a lot, exactly. you know. So there's all of these counterintuitive things, and that's one of them. Like to really to, to own our freedom uh, and to keep our freedom, we have to serve others. Yeah. You know, not serve self, exactly. but serve others. And that's the way to get freedom, mm-hmm. which seems counterintuitive until you really think about it. And you think, what enslaves me the most is my own passions, my own desires, these nagging things inside me that's, that always are you're vying for my attention. And when I actually get those things, when I when there's something strong enough to sort of quiet them, I become a person who is who is measured and controlled and generous, mm-hmm. and and all of these beautiful things which we actually deeply all aspire to be. Right. Uh, no one no one really wants to be selfish in the end of the day. People want to be loving in mm-hmm. the end of the day, but so often we're held back by our selfishness, mm-hmm. and so we can't be loving. That's the that's the freedom the gospel offers. Yeah, the freedom to experience God for who He really is, someone who wants us to be happy and to be happy in His presence, and because of that, we can invite others into His presence and serve them and yes. love them humbly and everything. So that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. the freedom we have. Stop sitting, Jess. Go get <laughs> stabbed somewhere and serve people. <laughs>
the end. <laughs> wow, what an ending. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, um, I, I, it's funny because um, Sin is like a hard one to talk about, obviously, but I feel mm. like we had to address that um, to, yeah, understand the gravity and uh, the, the joy that we can have once we understand that we're free from sin and free to serve others. And it was fun chatting about this with you, as yeah. always. So, yeah. Likewise. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll hopefully catch you again soon. Yes. Enjoy the rest of the fall season, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.